Um, he's still talking. Is he still talking about Royal Melbourne? Like, can yeah, we, can we, can, producer Mark, can you step in? Like, let's just get that mute button. Is that toilet flushing? Oh, yeah, you need me. Someone's flushing the toilet. <laughs> my wife's got in the shower. Fucking hell. I'm, I'll mute myself for now. <laughs> he's out with a driver now. Now, I'm not sure this is right. Would somebody kindly go and stop him? Give him a large brandy and pop him down. No, this, this really is beyond a joke now. He's, he's, he's gone gaga because this is, uh, this is quite... I've never seen anything like it before and to attempt to hit the ball out of there is pure madness. seen a worse goal shot. No, to answer the question. That's terrible. This could be good. Come in. This could be good. Looks better than it is, folks. Not bad. So, hello. Welcome. We're back. It's the RACDG podcast. Mark's got his ears out there like he can't hear me. That's your right. You're right. You're, you're right. Is Go that a full start, I'm... Mark? Oh, yeah. really confused for a minute. No, you're right. There's just a bit of feedback coming from someone oh, right, or something. Okay. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like oh. playing. There's like a TV playing in the background. Yeah. Oh shit! I hear that's me. I've got nothing. I uh, let me let me address that. <laughs> <laughs> Literally has TV in the background. When you said you were getting negative feedback, I thought Paul Amudi had jumped on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck there, so that's it started, Mark. Everybody, we're here. It's the RACDG podcast. We get straight in with a dig at Paul Emoji. And speaking of Paul Emoji, this podcast is about as regular as his good takes. We're biannual now at this point, by the looks of it. Uh, I think last time we spoke to you all, it was April. I think uh, spring had yet to sprung. Uh, the Masters had not been yet. We had done maybe one RACDG major at that point. Lots happened since then. We're delving into August now, getting into the twilight of the season. And yeah, we thought we'd come in, give everybody an update, talk about what's happening, what's yet to happen, uh, and get a very special guest or two on as well. So today it's going to be a complete shit show. There are six of us here sitting, uh, baying and waiting uh, to hit you with some big spicy takes. First of all, as always, from Idaho, uh, is it Idaho? Is it yeah. Idaho? Yeah. Uh, we've got uh, El Presidente um, in recluse, in hiding, left all the charts, ran to America, but he's still here. Uh, Crawford, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. I'm better, better after a little holiday. <laughs> uh, we've got the uh, 2022 captain and now a regular on the podcast, Mr. Matthew Webb. How you doing, mate? I'm good. Cheers, yeah. Thanks for having me again. Uh, we've got the only man who seems to want the podcast to happen because he's the only one that badgers us to record another one. Uh, it's Mr. Aaron Luxembourg. Aaron, how are you doing, mate? Outstanding, mate. Thank you for asking. Excellent. And today's special guest, uh, all the way from America, by way of Wickham, sometimes in St. Andrews. Uh, I, I don't even know where to start with this guy. Pete Cowick, how are you doing, mate? Doing great, brother. <laughs> just, pissed, just pissed, you know, the six times we entered the ballot... After the open, it was no dice, Gary. Yep. I know. I was uh, I was uh, pretty perplexed that every time you asked me to enter the ballot, uh, you couldn't get it on. But and then you also posted that you paid the old course about nine times in the week after the open. So I must have been. I invited you for those dark times. I invited you for those dark times, but you were like, "No, I just need an official tea time. I'm not. I'm too good for the dark time." 
I don't know, mate, any time you invite me to do something in a dark time usually ends up being quite a dark time for everybody involved, so <laughs> I try and stay away from that. Um, we've got quite a lot to talk about today. The first thing I kind of wanted to get into, just to kind of tick it off, there's a lot happening in the world of professional golf at the moment. We've had four majors, we've got live golf, we've got the lawsuit, we've got everything that's happening there, but the most incredible thing I've seen happen in a golf course happened in a golf course with me last Friday uh, when I was witness to the man that takes with himself, the grunter, shooting an absolutely... And Crawford, you might not even know this because you weren't in the chats. 47 points. <laughs> and, uh, what? A game of Stableford Golf. Uh, 47 what? points. So what are these? She must have been, what, eight over or something like that? What yeah, uh, shot 79, broke 80 for the first time in his life, uh, was getting 20 shots. And it was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen because he also never made a putt longer than about two feet in the entire round. And I don't know if you've ever seen it before, but for four holes, I saw a man metaphorically shitting himself for an hour and ten minutes. (laughs) Just like genuine fear of the golf ball every time he walked up to it. And he had no idea what was coming off the club face. But the best example I've got is was at the 18th. We'd just gone... 14, 10 feet for birdie. Didn't even try and hold his birdie putts, right? And this, this is the great yes. man, obviously. Like, did not even yes. try and hold his birdie putt. He would have 10 feet for birdie and he would literally go and just like cuddle it up towards the hole, tap it in <laughs> and just go five for four, three points. On to the next hole, same thing again. He'd put an iron shot to about six or seven feet again, just cuddled it, just like nursed it, just like feathered it towards the hole, taps it in, does the same at 16 and the 17th tee pipes went down the fairway and I went, it was six over, six over legit at this point. So I said, Grant, if you par 17 and 18, you're shooting 50 points, right? I'd calculated it up and it was it would have been the first 50 point I've ever seen in my life. And he gets up, misses the green at 17. We're fine, we're still okay, no problem at all. He's short right, there's a bunker to come over, it's a two-tier green, pins at the back, loads of space to work with. He chips up, misses the top tier, trickles down a little bit. We're fine, we've got 20 feet for par. I say, just cozy that up to the hole, Grant, tap it in, you love cozying it up, tap it in, make your bogey, we'll walk off, 49 points is still lovely. And he gets up, puts his first putt to three feet, everything's still going according to plan, but he's coming downhill with the three-footer. Hits it with a little bit too much aggression, which for Grant is you know far too much aggression. Hits the lip of the hole and rolls to about nine feet away. So power lip the three footer to about he nine. He hubered it. Did he huber it? <laughs> super huber, this was super huber. And then it goes to about nine feet. Misses the one coming back. So he's just made a four putt seven uh, walking onto the 18th tee. So now instead of thinking I'm going to shoot 75 or 76, he's now struggling to break 80 here. So I said to him, Grant, like, don't worry, your best ever score before this was 83. So even if you make a bogey or a double bogey or a triple bogey, you're still shooting your best ever score. So there's like literally nothing to be scared of here. It's an all right drive down. Second shot, kind of out of the rough up to about, it's a 470 yard par four, so it's a long one. And he hits it to about 60 or 70 yards short. Green right in front of him, all flat, all just chasing up. Any player with any sense in the world is just taking a pitching wedge or a seven iron. And just, you know, bumping, running up onto the green, take your chances with a putt. This fucking maniac, the least aggressive golfer I've ever seen in my life, takes a 60-degree wedge, opens the club face up and flops it one foot 
I've never seen anything like it. Well, flops at two one foot or flops at one foot total distance? <laughs> two a foot, flops it to a foot from the hole. <laughs> even after I did it, and even after I knew it was a foot away from the hole, I still turned around to him and went, Grant, what the fuck are you doing? That was so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> you can't really argue with the result. He walks up and taps it in for his 79 he shot. Uh, 47 points. I've, I've honestly never seen anything like it because he could easily have shot two or three over for a 20 handicapper in the most the most comfortable in his own skin 18 to 20 handicapper I've ever seen with no real kind of ambition to gain speed or distance or popularity with his takes, uh, it, it would be kind of said. So it was beautiful to watch. I don't know if it'll ever happen again because it was, a, as he put it in his own words, an elite ball striking round, which... <laughs> <laughs> well, he, did, he, did hit a, he did hit a 60 degree wedge to a foot so. <laughs> but that, that's genuinely probably going to be my golfing highlight of the year regardless of what happens from here on out so I just it's funny, about it, 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 it doesn't surprise me because when I played with him in um, Gullen in June and the Scottish champs and I and he played really well there like he was playing very solid golf like he was down the middle of the fairway he was hitting his wedges like his, his irons pretty well and he played and he saw me do that. I was coming out, went out flying, and then had an absolute meltdown in the back nine. So he's obviously taken some uh, some thoughts Yo. from not doing what I did. But it doesn't surprise me. You'd be playing well. Off a, to just to finish seven par is pretty impressive. There's a Scottish word, um, plod, which evokes probably Grant's body shape as well. But plod is just his <laughs> very very much his way of playing golf. He just plods, and that's not to be mistaken with plot. Which is you know smart, limber, um, you know cat-like, all the way around the up in par five. But plod, which is a you know sub uh, word of plot, that's Grant. He just plods about, does his business, and every now and again comes out with a bit of magic like that. So I know we've taken up the first five minutes of the podcast talking about Grant. There, uh, what the fuck's next? I just can't believe you tried to claim the word plod. That's that's English. <laughs> that's not a Spanish <laughs> <word>. <laughs> What are you doing? Super Cali blades are lovely, grunter is atrocious. No, right, so off the back of that, I think it was only only fair. I mean, we had what what it sounded like there was the uh the defendant was speaking for themselves. Okay, so you're telling us a story. How many points did you have that night? Ah, I thought I, I hate talking about myself in these situations, Aaron. You know me. I just like to watch. I would love you to. I would, I would you know, love you not, to tell me. Just... I'm not the story here, guys. <laughs> thirty nine, oh, Chad. So a thirty nine and a forty seven. Together. Only two guys playing. And if, uh, here's my point, Pete. Here's Sniffs my point. Right? Kenny and James, really. Sniffs of Kenny and James. Were they playing at South Hawks? <laughs> in, in spirit. Okay, but my point is, if, if, the, if the person who signed your card was Grant, there is not a chance in hell that he knew what you shot. <laughs> you could have had 105 <laughs> and he wouldn't have known because he was on a different planet that night. <laughs> you carry a 300, mate. All right, cool. <laughs> couldn't care less. Um, I've had the, uh, the benefit of a very, very bad June on the golf course, giving me a three-stroke increase to my handicap, allowing me to have quite a nice July score-wise. So uh, I like those kind of peaks and troughs. But yeah, Grant um, Grant went out and had a world there, so I just wanted to give him a shout out in the first part of the podcast. Uh, jumping to the next item on our very loosely put together agenda, I believe was the Kaluna Cup, which was in the last couple of weeks, the second major of the year. Matt Wave, do you want to give us all the info that we need on that, the winner, uh, the, the weather and whatever else happened? 
not a lot happened that day, to be honest. It was very quiet. It was uh, just a very cool July Tuesday. Um, yeah, we um, headed to Hankley Common. Seventy-four of us turned up at Hankley Common to play. Um, chaos because England and it was going through the hottest day it's ever seen at like 40 degrees which was just ridiculous um last year we thought oh it can't be much hotter turns out it can so the Cluna is now known for adverse weather effects um so pissing down at Sunningdale hot at the Berkshire ridiculously hot at Bankley Common um Matt, last year did, Matt can I just out. did you say do you say 74 <laughs> it just seems like a really odd uh, yeah, number. Yeah, it, it was seventy-five, but I think what? I don't think Sven made it, so it was seventy-four. <laughs> unfortunately, just okay. So we right. I just want to clarify. So Gordon Anderson, there's a very we'll sweep over. We'll sweep, sweep, sweep this is a good time for you to come in. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I spent most of that day underneath a bridge in the M25, um, <laughs> but um, it is what it is. <laughs> I've been really looking forward to it as well. But yeah, Sven did people, like um, people thought Paul Emoji was the only troll in the RACDG, but you were literally there <laughs> under a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Sven doesn't That's like um, he doesn't like traffic, and I got stuck in the M25 for like forty-five minutes and didn't move, and he just blew up. So. That's a real commitment to, to shade hunting on a warm day. Like just <laughs> committing to park, parking on the side of a motorway for the sake of shade is outstanding. That's true Irishness, well done. Well, yeah. Luckily, luckily it was close enough that I could sit, step under the bus, sit under the bridge. But um, he was, I left it for like forty-five minutes, and he was fine. And I drove home. But there you go. <laughs> yeah. What was happening on the golf course, Matt? Um, a lot of sweating. Um, I think is probably the the best way. Thirty, thirty odd, thirty-nine degree heat. Um kind of, ooh, sort of managed to get around um, nicely. There were 12 non-finishes, I think, which out of 74, are, I think, will take. Um, some looked very worse for wear after, after 18 holes. Um, no bad comments, karma, bad juju for anyone who didn't finish the day. I don't blame anyone for, for not completing it um, and just doing what they could, they could handle. We put out a message before basically just saying, Look after each other, um, and uh, and it looks so. That's what that's what happened. Um, Hankley were brilliant. Shout out to them. They gave us a load of free water. Lunch was superb. Um, we didn't have the the full roast car. Really put on a great salad salad bar for us. Um, but yeah, just a generally good day. Um, winner was uh, was Jazz Kang. Um, so he's, uh, he's good friends with uh, with Miguel, um, the most English Portuguese man that we've got in the flock. Uh, you say you say he's good friends with Miguel. Is he also good friends with Iron Man and um, and uh, Captain America and Captain Marvel with a name like Jazz Kang? Well, <laughs> potentially, potentially. But um, but yeah, it was it was given the option of playing Miguel and went nah, I play enough with him already. I'll I'll skip that. <laughs> so went out uh, went out with some some folks who didn't know, and it was the only person to break handicap on the day. So um, very very impressive. Seventy three points total. Um, so yeah, very very impressive in uh, in that heat. Um, so much so we've booked to go again next year, um, just in September. So hopefully the heather will be popping and the weather won't be quite as warm. Um, it should be uh, should be a good time. So that's two majors out the way. Um, two still to go. Yeah. One of them in about seven weeks' time. And I've heard the rumor that they're chasing you for money, Matt. So that, here's the time. <laughs> you've got your you've got your sixty second plea now. <laughs> Every time. That I click my finger, Matt receives an email from Alwoodley requesting money. 
Yeah, they um yeah, so we had a phone call the other day. Um basically they were pleading for pleading for more cash. Um I think reading between the lines it's hotel they've effectively paid our hotel bill and we've then got to pay them. So there's a gap in their accounts and and all sorts. So it's just kind of all adding up. Um but yeah, seven weeks time, Audley and Moortown. Um 25th and 26th of September. Hopefully get everyone get, well, I say hopefully, everyone needs to get it paid by the uh, end of this month so we can um, settle up the debts and, and then really look forward to the uh, to the event. Um, at the minute, it's 36. There's still spaces, although it will be a reserve list at the time being. I'm 99% sure there'll be some some dropouts coming out because life happens. Um, but uh, but yeah, it should be should be good times. Get everyone together again and, and see what happens. We're in a position where we're quite lucky. We've played all Woodley and Moortown before. We've done this before at that exact course a couple of times. Uh, the reviews are always brilliant. Everybody loves the courses. Uh, all Woodley's a pretty special place. Moortown ain't far behind it. Uh, venue uh, of the 1929 Ryder Cup as well, which is a nice little tidbit <laughs> of trivia, but I absolutely loved it last year. We've got 16 or 17 coming down from Scotland, so I think this might be the most kind of well-attended Scottish uh, major, so it's going to be absolutely class. We're all looking forward to it. We've got the carpools arranged. I think everybody's going in fours. Paul Moji's driving down himself. Uh, and apart from that, it's going to be absolutely brilliant. Uh, so, yeah, very much looking forward to it. And then just a quick one on the shot. If anybody's listening and doesn't know about the shot or uh, where that's going to be or what spots are available, where are we with that? Uh, yep, yeah, so the shot is in North Norfolk, so it's Hunstanton and Sheringham uh, in October. I think, it's the, I think it's the 17th and 18th or the 18th and 19th of October. Um, it's uh, there's no accommodation provided that once so it was Airbnbs and grouped together and sort sort self out. There's still spaces available. We've booked with the clubs for 48, um, so we've still got still got spaces available for that if people want to uh, uh, want to attend. Um, you can just uh, ping me a message in the chat. Everyone should probably knows who I am by now because I'm annoying. Um, so uh, so yeah, we can we can hook people up into uh, into that and hopefully have have some good times on the North Norfolk coast. Brilliant. So. Majors covered, two majors deep of the year, two very successful majors so far, I would hasten to say. Uh, two coming up. But speaking of majors, uh, there was an actual real men's golf major at St Andrews uh, in the last month, which we had like a, a, a pretty much flock pilgrimage to. I think there was a good 10, 15 uh, different flock members there. One of the people that was there was our very special guest today, Pete Cowig. Firstly, Pete, for anybody that doesn't know you, which, you know, God bless them, Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and why you are here. Not existentially in the flock. Uh, yeah, that's not an easy question, Gary. Thank you for the lead-in. Uh, <laughs> just went to St. Andrews 15 years ago for the first time, fell in love with the place. Uh, very shortly thereafter, started spending my entire summers there, um, probably for the last 10 years. Uh about three years ago, I moved to the UK to run an English football club. Uh, first year we were in League One, got promoted to the championship, Wickham Wanderers, and now we're in League One two years in a row after losing to Sunderland. So I spend a lot of time kind of when I'm over here, uh, mostly Wickham, but I get up to St. Andrews as much as possible. Um, this particular Open I've uh, been planning for for seven, eight, eight years, I think. Um, had the whole family over. Uh, it was a, uh, you know, my wife and kids uh, all love golf, um, all love St. Andrews. And it was just, uh, I was really almost sad when it was over that, that, that Sunday night. But uh, also 
was dropping off the wife and kids at Glasgow the next day and had uh, nine or 10 days of golf semi-planned. So I was excited about that. So how many times after the Open did you actually play the old course? (laughs) Uh, I played 102 holes. So uh, five (laughs) rounds, five full rounds, um, played 36. I, I won the ballot once. Uh, Thursday when Johnny Young, John Stern, and uh, Nathan Troughton came up for a couple of days. So that was the only time I won the ballot. But a member of the St. Andrews Golf Club, kind of a local, and so I have access to dark times. And, you know, every day I just kind of – the day I played 36 on Thursday was nuts. Uh, We we had the second tee time of the morning, Johnny and the the guys and I. um, And then, you know, they actually went away to play Kingsbarns with James Allen – and didn't have a spot for me. So I was just kind of going to hang out at the club, drink some beers while they were doing that. And while I was sitting there, somebody had a cancellation in their dark time. And I, I was standing right there. They're like, you want to play? I was like, yeah, sure. So 36 that day. Um, Saturday, we had an event with the St. Andrews golf club, a full metal, uh, crapped it, shot 85. Uh, and then, um, just kept playing dark, dark times are my favorite time to play the old course. Cause you just play, as the sun is setting, um, and depending upon the clouds where they sit, there's just really, you know, and it's rare, but there is a, a golden light that hits St. Andrews, you know, 9.30, 9.45, 10 o'clock at night during the summers when, when the sun is just right, when the clouds are just right, and there is no better feeling than, than, than walking back towards town um, on that back nine late at night, uh, and just, you know, kind of hurrying to finish, but not really being able to. And then, you know, a few of the days played 17 and 18 and the absolute, you know, 17 was pretty light every night. Uh, most of the nights, uh, you know, I played one night, um, with a couple of guys and it was pitch black because there was cloud cover. And we, when we finished 18, it was, um, it was pretty incredible. I mean, how much is it for those dark times? Is, is it still expensive, or are they kind of really ridiculously cheap? Because you might not get finished. Well, uh, no. If it's uh, if it's full rate, it, unless you have a links ticket, the only way I was able to do that is I have a links ticket, and so I don't have to, like it's every. I didn't have to pay anything for any of the rounds that I had on the old course, so that would have been absolutely ridiculous to go out there and have to pay. Um, are you the only flock member with a links ticket? Is there anybody else? I, I, I think we have another member of St. Andrews uh, also. Emoji, isn't it? Paul Emoji. Uh, yeah, Paul Doherty is in there. I, I, the I, there might be another one. I don't. I can't remember if there's anybody else in there. you'd rather town. play the old course with? Paul Doherty or James Allen? Can I? I'd be here's with with everybody. Can you give me both of them and Grant Hutton? That would be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of magic football, Paul emoji. um, He that a video was circulating, unconfirmed, but um, alleged that you punched him in the dick. Can you tell us why you punched him in the dick? Allegedly, look, Paul is the current champion of the bag. And, you know, you can issue challenges, he can accept them or he doesn't have to, you know, and I've been after him. Um, You know, it's been a full six weeks since he's held that bat in St. Andrews up there. And I have challenged him consistently. He keeps turning me down. Prior to this last trip, I told him if he didn't accept the challenge at at Creole Golfing Society in the afternoon, he had James in the morning. 
on on Craighead. You know, he doesn't like to play matches on Balcomi. So he took uh, James that morning. James had agreed to play me in the afternoon on Balcomi. Uh, Paul did not. And before I, uh, you know, before I came, went up to St. Andrews for the open and around, I said, I told Paul, I said, if he doesn't accept a challenge, I was going to punch him in the dick. <laughs> Pete, Pete, just to be clear, um, you understand that the champion of the bag is a golf bag. Yes. And uh, let me tell you this. After I actually seeing like the bag, I don't bags. want it. I don't, I, don't want the bag. I don't want the bag. It was much more enjoyable. Punching Paul in the dick. You certainly, <laughs> you certainly got your hands on the bag. It was just maybe yeah, not the one that was intended. But, yeah, Paul has been um, clutching onto that bag, shall we say, and, and picking and choosing some very favourable ties for him. And I think it's fair to say that he ducked Pete for about six weeks there. Stop so uh, I think he was a well-deserved recipient of a proper full-on punch in the dick. Um, <laughs> speaking of dicks, Aaron, did we have anything else on St Andrews or does anybody want to speak about St Andrews anymore? Anybody else make a pilgrimage up there for the Open or have any fun times in the last month or so there? And the silence tells me, well, Pete, I came up one day, me and you played Dumbarnley, we had a brilliant day, we both played really well, but my favourite part about that round is we had a tally ongoing for how many cold topped tee shots that we each hit <laughs> and I you won three two you won three yeah. two we, we between us five as two low handicappers to five completely topped tee shots that went a grand total of about maybe a hundred yards between the five of them but uh, apart from that Dunbarnley was uh, we had a great day there shout out Dave Kerr for sorting us out Ricky Irons on 16 Wait, right. Might be OB, mate. Order of Merit. Um, order are you comfortable speaking about Order of Merit, given your sort of intentional manipulation of this month, or do you want me to take the lead on it? Well, it's the sort of thing I'll need to probably discuss with my legal counsel, uh, whether I want to comment yeah. or not at this point. But Who's out I think I had, a decent, I had a really decent July. But as I said, peaks and troughs, it swings and roundabouts here. I had about a, a average score in June of about 28. Handicap skyrocketed by about three shots. Settled myself into being off 5.2, 5.4 after starting the year at 2.6, which isn't a great feeling. But what is a great feeling is standing on a first tee of a golf course knowing you're getting six shots that day. Really nice feeling that. So, uh, yeah, I had a couple of 40-pointers, a 39-pointer, a 41-pointer in the month, and I've done all right. However, I already know I'm going to be in Australia, um, potentially hopefully playing Royal Melbourne when the finals day is. So it's kind of all for naught at this point. Um, but still enjoying it. Uh, order of merit roundtable. We have what's happening? Uh, not a lot. I'm <laughs> seems to be catching. So I've I've gone up um, quite a bit, well, handicap wise. So I'm enjoying standing on the first tee and going, oh, get five shots here. This is nice. Um, but uh, but yeah, going the wrong way. Um, seems to always average thirty points, no matter what my handicap is. So I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but it's not winning me any prizes. I still have my fingers crossed for that random 20-quid prize draw that Mr. Rashad does, but nothing as yet. Pete, you're floating about the top of the leaderboard in this order of merit, aren't you? And I did the dumbest thing ever, man. Uh, Yeah, I've got two top tens, so I'm doing pretty well, but I I didn't do a single order of merit round in one of the months, so got zeroed out. Oh, shit. 
Yeah, I, uh, I was just going back and forth to America the whole freaking time and uh, just completely spaced on it. Also, I must admit, I didn't understand how the scoring just all, every month counted. I thought I could <laughs> kind of take a month. I don't know, man. I just didn't know the rules. But I'm back. I, I had a good average this month. Have we have have has John released the uh, the not July standings? As of recording, not yet. But as of publication, I would think so. Which is useless to right now. But yeah, not yet. I think, I think Mr. Irons has been away, and he's the keeper of the uh, he's the keeper of the database. So I think it'll be released at uh, at some point. Crawford, um, if I can peel your eyes away from your wife in the shower uh, for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Order of merit, how are you getting on? Are you with it? Uh, no, I haven't played any golf at all in July. So, um, uh, and June, I don't think I did very well. So, um, uh, yeah, I think I was mid-table, but I must have dropped down to the bottom now because I haven't had any points the last two months. Are you very much in the golfing wilderness right now? Do we need to have an intervention? No, I I, um, I played a lot. Like it, like So what happened to me was I had like so many trips booked during COVID and they all got postponed and then they all happened at the same time. So like I did five trips to Scotland, one trip to Ireland and a trip to Portugal between the end of March and then then the end of June. And I was just a bit knackered. And then I I kind of just, you know, sometimes you just, you played too much and you just fed up with it and you just need to take a bit of, and I wasn't playing very well and I just wanted to take a break. So I didn't pick a, pick a club up from uh, when we were in Portugal until a couple of days ago so that's like almost a month i've gone to the range a little bit in, in england but um not much more than that and then um uh and then i did um i played the other day in in, in idaho and it was lovely i had a really nice time the other day I, hold on a second going back in the show i know this is <laughs> I'm not this the podcast so <laughs> My on her phone. My mum's on her phone, and she's like got it on speakerphone, standing like right next to me. I'm like, what are you doing? Anyway, um, we're not going to have the video up. We won't have the video up for this. So for those listening, what you just missed there was Crawford talking into the mic into his camera, then going on mute and then turning round and gesticulating wildly at somebody where you could easily make out swear words happening, and then just uh, diving back and unmuting himself. So yeah, you played the other day and you really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. And I, was, cause I, I, when I came over to America, I brought like my old set of clubs with me, and the plan is to, was to leave them here. But what I didn't bring was um, uh, a driver. Um, so I, I bought, um, I found a. That's probably for the best, to be honest, mate. <laughs> well, I bought, I bought an Epic Flash on Craigslist from somebody recently down the road, and it was the first time using it, and um, and it played, and I played it right, and I, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was really fun. It was nice to get out again. Nice to get out. And just enjoy it for a while. You're a, so you're a brave man going on to Craigslist and searching for flashes. That, that usually doesn't uh, <laughs> very well for anybody. Um, but glad to hear you're back. Is, is it easy after a month of uh, of not doing it? Is it easy to maintain a single plane swing? Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> when, it's, when it's my single plane swing, yeah. <laughs> it's a single plane in my head. It always will be. <laughs> Was your timing affected or, you know? Did the rhythm just come right back? Oh, no, I was shit, Pete, but I'm always shit, so there's no change there. But it's beautiful. I lost nine balls around the other day. <laughs> so. You make the most amazing bogeys I've ever seen, Chad. You want to say? I think when Pete was asking if your timing was affected, he was actually wondering if you actually found some. <laughs> <laughs> we got around pretty quick. 
thankfully about four hours but uh, the thing is it's a golf course where it's it's out in the boonies in uh, in idaho and like you either hit the fairway or you've lost the ball like so you either know where it is or you don't even bother looking because it's just yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, i actually was driving it okay it was just my fucking um, wedges and putting that was terrible um but um yeah it was, it was good fun and also there's nice up here because it's two and a half thousand feet in the air so you kind of drive the ball 300 yards and um uh, which feels nice uh but it was fun happy days so order a merit round table there we're all in sitting in well pete's sitting in pretty good shape matt wave i think we're <laughs> mid-table obscurity for you for the time being uh, I'm sitting in quite nicely. Aaron, what about you? I am doing all right. I'm top top sort of ten probably. I'm I, to put it into context. I so the last twenty scores obviously that set in your handicap. My twentieth score, as in the the one that's going to fall off, the oldest one is from July fifth. Um, so wow. I'm pretty much. I've been playing thirty six whole days very frequently. Uh, I had a couple of boys over and we did a like an Irish road trip. We did thirty six a day. And I did a golf iron man where we did fifty four in a day, so all of that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. So, but for in terms of how that contributes to OOM this month or this past month wasn't too bad. But then myself and Matt and John and Gav are playing in the Southport Thinks Championship starting on Monday. So I tell us who else is playing at that as well. You you messaged me earlier to tell me who else. And what's going to happen, actually, I need to pop away for two seconds because there's a screaming child in the background. So please tell us the story of who else you noted that you were playing with and then talk amongst yourself for five minutes and I'll be back. Thank you very much uh, for dismissing the irony of a screaming child in the background as well as the foreground is not lost on anyone in this chat. But um, he has left. So, uh, yeah, so I think what he's alluding to is obviously myself, Matt, John and Gav were playing this competition and we got the T-sheets out and then we got them out again and we got them out again. They've, they've been redrawn quite a few times, but the way it's settled is that there's a name that sits ominously beneath ours, very close to our tea time in the sheets. Matt, do you know who I'm talking about? Someone who sits very strongly in RACDG folklore. I do. I do, I do know. Um, I didn't realise he sat that close. I think on the, I only looked on the first iteration and he was like three hours behind us. And I was like, oh, that's fine. We're not going to get any, no, any no, grief. He, Although he probably has he is no idea the, now. He's in the tea time following you now, Matt. And we oh, are, of superb. course, talking about, and this is very much a, if you know, you know, we were talking about George James, uh, of <laughs> Kenard, a man, a man I've never met. I've yeah. never had the pleasure of having a conversation with, but I can't help but feel I'll know him when I see him. Yeah, I think I, yeah, I've also, no, I spoke to him over WhatsApp uh, a little bit, um, but never, um, never met the, per- never met the person in, uh, uh, in real life, but, so yeah, well, I guess we're going to see if he's got a proper proper Venter shaft in his driver, and we're going to see if he managed to get onto Lock Loman for no money at all. You just know, <laughs> you just know he's wearing a pair of those very loud albatross trousers, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, it's going to be interesting. I'm going to look at that t-shirt now, and I'm going to see if I can see if I can find him. Do you know which which day it was, Aaron? Before I go hunting, I can't remember. I send it to you after. Was, I can't uh, remember. Uh, well, that's something. That's a little um, look forward. To. Aaron, didn't didn't somebody also have a good day at um, St Patrick's in Rosapenna recently? Fuck, you didn't have to do that. Oh, I did. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I had my first hole in one at uh, Tom Zoke's new course in uh, Donegal, um, which is said to be uh, regarded very highly. It's obviously still growing in a little bit, but I had my first hole in one, and it was also the first hole in one at that course. So I got a little wow. memento, and uh, that was a pretty pretty special day. It was the first round of a 
seven round trip within three days, um, which included the likes of Carn and we kind of followed the map for um some parts of the Irish tourist sauce that you guys may have watched. Um so that that was a, a really cool trip, some really cool courses, diverse weather, of course, because we're in Ireland. But um yeah, that was a pretty pretty cool moment to share it with a couple of people from the flock as well. So that was nice. Because we'll pause here because I'm mm. sure Mark will throw in some random applause on the over. Uh, over no, he's shaking his head. So, no, no, that's all you get, and you get oh, it well done. I mean, and, uh... Fine. <laughs> the first hole in one at St. Patrick's. The first yeah, hole in one yeah. at St. Patrick's. That's, that's pretty amazing, cool. man. You should have, did you get yeah, a pin yeah, flag and all sorts? Or... That's awesome. I got a pin flag and all sorts of. It's nice, but it was. I, I mean, I have to be honest, it was bottom groove. <laughs> it was <laughs> just a little bit hairy. <laughs> Controlling the spin, we call that, Aaron. Come on in, the pros. <laughs> controlling the spin. Get it in the wind, baby. I think that was a groove low. Like, no one's ever going to take that away from you, you know what I mean? Like, it's always, they're going to be a bore there at some point, your name's going to be at the top of it. Like, that's a really cool thing. Be the Amazing. first person to ever do it. Yeah, that was awesome. So um, that was nice. And then, uh, yeah, as I said, what, we've got this competition this week, which I always look forward to. It's really quite fun around some good courses up around Southport. So we play, uh, it's, it's all stable for competition. We play four rounds and then the fifth round is at Birkdale for the qualifiers. So qualifiers like top 10 net and top two gross. But um, myself and Matt and Gav and John are sharing a house for the week up there and just sort of making a, making a week of it. It's been circled in my calendar and I know Matt's for quite a long time. So should be a lot of fun. It's very, very uh, eminent, eminent now, and it probably kind of marks the end of my golfing season, really. Um, so that'll be a cool way to round it off. Yeah, should be um, should be a good week, I think. Sort of all getting together, sharing some beers afterwards. Um, I think we're going to meet up, try and meet up for a couple of beers in uh, um, up in Southport with some some locals up there, and yeah, just um, have a have a good time, really. Enjoy some golf, and the weather looks mega, like zero wind. Yeah. 20 degrees it's like for a Lynx hater like me it's almost perfect weather <laughs> we've got no excuse for crap scores now um, so Gary's just popped <laughs> on camera with like, what I assume is his child I dearly hope it is uh, and then disappeared again <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you, whatever that thunderbolt is I'll take it I, um, I need to put my son to bed he was having a meltdown my wife threatened to put his iPad in the bin it was all kicking off upstairs and he's now eating a rice cake um, on camera here. Yeah, it's a rice cake. You say hello, everybody, into the mic. Hello. That's your major podcast uh, debut there, pal. So, Thomas, I'm going to let these gentlemen keep talking, and we're going to go up and go to bed, aren't we? Mum, don't put my iPad in the bin. We're not going to put your iPad in the bin, that's right. We can confirm that that's not going to happen. Okay, so we'll say bye-bye, back soon. Bye-bye. i got to go as well, I see, guys. <clears throat> It's 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 only the start of my day in America, so I've got to go and get people shouting at me here. <clears throat> oh, good to see you! Right, well, thank you for joining us. It's been great to see you again. Don't be a stranger. And, no, uh, I won't. So I just cards? just everyone. I'm, so I'm I'm in the states. I come back in a couple of weeks, and then I've got a film that's come up. So I'm I'm doing the prep in September. Then we're filming it in October. So my plan at the minute is I just I, I can't I can't the groups are just too much time. So I'm staying out of them until until I finish the film so probably the end of October beginning of November so you see me bounce back in again when that's done um, but I'll also um, I'm, we're filming it in Manchester so I'm going to be in Manchester from the end of August until the end of October so I might try and give some of the boys a shout up there and uh, one, of, one of the days off I might try and get out somewhere um, luckily one of the other producers is also a golfer um, and um, 
um, wants to go out and play his leg broke down or something, so I might try and do that. So I'll see if the meetings are on the golf course then. Oh, well, like that's the plan. <laughs> but yeah, I'll, well I'll, I'll, I'll jump back in. Everyone will see me bounce back in again in November, kind of time once I'm done. Okay, nice cool. one. Uh, thanks yeah. so much. Enjoy Idaho. See you later. Catch you later. How do I how do I stop this thing? What? You can be my hero, Kenny. You can kiss away the pain, oh yeah. And I will stand by you forever. You're so much cooler than Kaima. Right, so um, while we have you here, Pete, I think it would be remiss to sort of skip over the fact that you have arguably one of the most interesting jobs in the flock. So if you can tell us what you do and what that actually means in a day-to-day basis and how your, how your life ties in with the sport you're now so in love with. Yeah, um, it, it's it's interesting. My title is CFO, COO. Um, my uncle and I are partners. We uh, bought the club three years ago. Um, literally came in right before, I mean, enough cash to keep them out of administration. Uh, on July 1, the, the, Wickham, the team, Gareth, had nine players, restored his budget, sort of just kind of jumped. It was uh, kind of a last-minute thing because we were interested in another club uh, that deal fell apart in like late, late in the season that year, um, kind of mid May, a few clubs called um, one of which was Wickham. We, we just, you know, we looked at the different clubs and Wickham was a very attractive opportunity. Um, Gareth Ainsworth, who's the manager is the longest standing man, longest manager that's held the job at one club in the entire football league. He had He's always done more with less. Uh, so we were we were able to sort of just give him a budget that first year so we could concentrate on the business side. We knew every club that we looked at that needed money was just totally screwed up on the business side. So I came in and basically I moved over here. We were never going to invest passively and just really went about um, just – improving, bringing the club into the 21st century. You know, the accounting systems were antiquated, the ticketing systems, there were no digital boards. It was just a lot of time. A lot of that first year was spent on pure business stuff, but I've got a soccer background. I've got a football background in, in, in America. Um, I played at at the highest level at the time when I, when I was um, in my twenties pre MLS. Um, and And I have a lot of buddies that are in the game either through ownership or man, one of my best friends is man has won a championship as a player in the MLS and also as a manager. Um, and so I've got a good background in, in, in football, uh, albeit in America, my uncle's uh, trip was owned a triple a baseball team in America. Um, and it was just, uh, I sold about, I got, you know, uh, worked hard, got lucky, sold a business about 10 years ago. Um, and was really in kind of a, like a midlife retirement and everybody asking me what I was doing. And I really looked at, at, at English football league, league one and league two was watching a ton of matches, dug into the rules and the actual business side. And, um, uh, with a plan to be patient, one day my uncle called and said, uh, Hey, I found our football club. And, um, I was on a due diligence mission two days later to it's out, you know, the Yeovil town, that deal fell apart. And six weeks later, we were uh, looking at Wickham um, and, and came in. Um, 
first year was insane. Uh, you know, we had one of the tiniest budgets still in League One, but we won promotion. Um, it was a COVID-shortened year. Uh, we, at the time, we had the highest, everybody had an unbalanced schedule. We had the, I think it was the third highest points per game. And so we went into the playoffs, beat Fleetwood um, home and away, and then beat Oxford at Wembley and made it to the championship our second year in. And it was the first time in 100 and since 1887. Wickham's been around since 1887. In the 20th century, it was one of the best amateur clubs in the country. Um, 20-time Isthmian League champion. The, the only reason that they actually became a professional club was because the FA required the FA, for the FA Cup, you had to be, at a certain point, you had to be a, a professional club. And the FA Cup was really important to Wickham. And so they did. Um, Martin O'Neill immediately took them over and took them into the league. Uh, and they've been in the EFL in, in the 92 since 1990. Um, you know, kind of more in flipping between League Two and League One. Um, you know, this is actually our three years here has probably been it's been the most successful three years in Wickham Wanderers history. You know, we got promoted to the championship the first year. We got relegated by one point to Darby County uh, out of the championship. Um, and then made the playoffs again this year, this past year. Uh, lost to Sunderland 2-0 in, in Wembley. So um, it was a, you know, it was a great year, but it ended with a punch in the dick uh, at Wembley. <laughs> But after every punch in the dick, Paul, eh, Pete, what's next? This season, are we fucking doing it? Are we going up? Is that dick? Uh, so my job has kind of shifted. Um, the first year or two, uh, first year, year and a half, uh, I was really involved in the business side. You know, I was never going to force myself on Gareth. We trusted him. But just the more I, I, I was around the, the coaching staff, I really uh, picked up a lot of the operational stuff on that side um, and have really – like probably the last 12 months because we are the business side improved so much. We've, we've got a bunch of new employees, a bunch of young employees that are really handling everything um, and monitoring the reporting. I'm able to keep up very well. I spend most of my time on, on essentially kind of director of football, sporting, you know, sporting director issues. Uh, feel very lucky to spend a lot of time around a really excellent man coaching staff um, and over the last three years, you know, I, I thought I knew a lot about football. Um, but after watching film on players on our team and that at this point, I, I you know, um, feel really lucky to have the kind of to have picked up the knowledge I have from our coaching staff. And if, if you've got a message out there for, for the Wickham fans, if either if either of them are listening, uh, Pete, what <laughs> I don't want to have to kick your ass losing Gary. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've got a message for the Wickham fans out there for the upcoming season, what is it? I've turned into fucking a really shit Sky Sports broadcaster here. <laughs> what is, I thought what you were a Wickham Wanderers fan, Gary. Come on, man. Am I, I'm just imagining, I was just, when you were answering that there, I was thinking in the back of my head, like, what if this podcast makes its way onto like a Wickham Wanderers fan forum and people are like listening to it for Pete and then they just start listening going, who the fuck is Paul Emoji? And <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> With like five minutes of sensible football talk in the middle. Look, we, we've got a Scottish supporters group, Gary. There are dozens of Scotsmen all <laughs> over Scotland that, that support Wickham Wanderers, buddy. 
I have to admit, I, I do know a Wickham fan as well. I went to school with uh, with a guy who's um, been a Wickham fan for God knows how many years. So, yeah, they, they, they do exist. They're about. Then, let me tell you this. It's really cool because it is – we actually have a lot of older fans in the – and 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 our our supporters have watched them play everything from the Isthmian League to Championship, and so uh, it is an amazing journey that you know the forty guys my age, the forty fifty year old, sixty seventies, the last thirty five years going from you know seventh eighth step in 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 English football to a perennial League One team that has now played in the championship is, is kind of an amazing ride. I mean, you know, like most of our supporters think Slough Town is our biggest rival. Slough Town. Slough <laughs> <laughs> Town in 15 years, I don't think. <laughs> Friendly bombs come fall on Slough. Yeah, so who, who would be classed as Wickham's? Wickham's we don't have a derby. Okay. I was going to say, cause my, my knowledge is pretty shoddy of the, the area of Wickham and it is the great I mean, nobody really wants to be – our biggest rivals the last couple of years have been actually Sunderland. Sunderland yeah. is our biggest rival the last few years. We're 20 minutes away from Oxford, right? They so refuse – Reading is, that, is the local yeah, one. Yeah, it, sure. it's, it's close. But Oxford is – we've been in and about the same divisions. We're 25 minutes away from Oxford. They have the temerity – to call us plucky non-leaguers, even though we haven't played non-league football in 30 years, and they were in non-league about seven or eight years ago. I'm just going to Google what temerity means, to be honest yeah. with you. But, um, Pete, I'm listening to your story there about you buying over a football club. I also know that you've got quite a kind of storied and sordid past as well. Is this I'm from Louisiana, washing. Gary. We yeah, all do. No, exactly. Are you partaking in sports washing? We've all learned a lot about sports washing in the past couple of months. Are you are you trying to clean up your image here by overtaking an English football club and taking them to the top? Let me answer it this way. I mean, I would have a hard time turning down the Saudis if they gave me 100 mil to try to bring Wickham into the Premier League, dude. You know, <laughs> I could do it. I could do it. It would, you know, 250? 250 slam dunk, 250 million pounds <laughs> slam dunk. Wickham is in the Premier League three years. So, now, Greg Norman, if you're listening out there, put, put the word in. <laughs> Let's Greg, do that. Norman, Greg Norman, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I have a few question marks around that. Right, here's a, here's a sideways question for you before we wrap that up, Pete. Um, try and try and give us an analogy for those that don't understand football. You know, it's a, golf fans not understanding football. Would probably make sense as the group chat proves quite often. What <laughs> what golfer is Wickham Football Club most comfortable to and why? Oh wow! Or if you feel more comfortable, which golf course? Huh? Which golf? I never even really thought about that. My, my, look, let me tell you this: my first kind of guess, like as to who, what golfer. <sighs> The man from Oban who went to college in Louisiana, Bobby Dazzler. <laughs> Bobby Mack is Wickham. What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, sounds bit, it sounds a bit like he's pandering to the Scottish fan group. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. He, he really knows that we're uh, we're starved of high quality football up here and is trying to drag away a fan base. 
in fairness, I gave him no preparation for what is one of the most left field questions that's ever been on the pod. So uh, that's a, that's a good answer. Strong. Of all the answers, I wasn't expecting Bobby Mack either. I got a golf Pre- course too. Yeah, go on. Cool. Lady Bank. Lady Bank. Tell us us why. Quality course. So different from, look, it's, it's inland. It's not one of the great, you know, it's not one of the links courses in, in Fife, but it's a great golf course uh, that is very different from all of the great golf courses around it. And if you're not careful, you'll get punched in the dick. Which um which other football club chairman would you most like to punch in the dick, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> the Sun are getting their tabloids ready right now. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know that I can answer it, but you know, we did get relegated to Derby County by one point. You want to punch Wayne Rooney in the dick, Pete? Is that what you're trying no, to say? No, I love Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney's a ledge for what he did there. You know, he uh, holding he, that stuff together. Was he not getting? Did he not get um, reprimanded by the FA for paying the staff's wages out of his own pocket, and he wasn't meant to be doing that? That's Do you insane. Read the Sun. Is, I mean, <laughs> where are you getting this, Gary? No, you no, just, it, didn't, it got. It, it, it was common no, knowledge. Twitter, it must be real. No, no, not the Sun. It was on, on Twitter.com, <laughs> mate. It was in the Scottish Sun. I think I think Grant put it in the chat, and like that—that's true. It's true. (laughs) This sort of thing that you can't question. Was it posted on one of his thirty-three Twitter accounts as well? Uh, Here's what I would tell you about football in general. Uh, There is so much bullshit online that less than. 2% 2% of what you see out there is real. It is a lot of silly bullshit that goes on Twitter, on Facebook, and these feeds. And it's just uh, the reality of what goes on behind the scenes is much different than uh, I think what most people would assume. And would you say, percentage wise, there's more or less bullshit in the RACDG WhatsApp chat? Oh, significantly less. <laughs> significantly less in the RACDC. Look, man, there's some quality conversations, you know, when the, when some of the Muppets steer clear or they're on vacation. They... <laughs> right. I've got a proposal for you, Pete, before we let you go. I'm going to go partridge on this one. Here no, we don't need you. No, no, we don't need any trialists, dude. I can't give you no, a trial. No, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm long retired. I'm long retired. I'm just um, joking. <laughs> let's hear me out, right? Producer Crawford Anderson Dillon. Title Sometimes I Wonder. You get that, right? Um, it's, a, it's a hybrid documentary between uh, behind the scenes of what it's like to run Wickham Football Club and what it's like to be an RACDG, like fully committed member. Uh, like the life of Pete Kuig, sometimes <laughs> I wonder. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> a couple of these guys have hung out with me enough to to know that I will never let anyone film me for a reality TV show <laughs> or what it would look like. Punched in the dick. The Pete Kuig story. <laughs> I'd watch that. I've spent very limited, uh, very limited time with you in person, Pete. Um, but I always go away wanting more, and that's all you can really ask about a person. 
Always got away wanting more. When are you okay. back up in Scotland? I'll tell you this, man. The RACDG has been uh, – I moved over my family. Like, I moved over here by myself before COVID. Um, and obviously a golf nut. My family's over there. Uh, the RACDG, even the chats, have really helped me because I'm, I'm by myself here. Uh, a, hook up with some great dudes to play golf with. It's a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, uh, I really – it sounds weird, but lockdown four or five months, the RACDG kept me sane. Fucking hell, no, that's, um, wow, no that's a statement. <laughs> there's just always, I mean, if you want to dig in, you want to dive in, you, you need something to do to keep your mind off of shit, you can always dive in and either participate in an argument with Paul Emoji or, you know, kind of do some love fest, you know, with the Southeast boys over Surrey golf courses. <laughs> so basically what you're saying there is uh, the RECDG is responsible for Pete Koeg's mental state, whatever that might be or not be at this point. <laughs> and I guess, you know, keeping my keeping me sane might not have been truthful since I'm probably, you know, borderline insane anyway. <laughs> in a good way though. When you back up when you back up in the Great White North, Pete. So uh it looks like um, I just kind of finalized my schedule going back and forth. My, my middle son is going to uni this year, so I'm going into moving. I'm going over for a couple of weeks in September. Uh, it, it's looking like a big chunk of October. Nice one. Let's yeah, I've got two buddies coming in uh, October 20th to 30th. I've got two buddies from America who've never been to Scotland. And oh, so, uh, yeah, we're doing uh, a bunch of days in St. Andrews and then um, also got a little East Lothian adventure got me some more Dunhill's on round about then as well so that'll be that'll be a nice couple of weeks yeah yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Re, the, the, the real major uh, of St Andrews the uh, the annual Dunhill Lynx championship it is my favourite tournament in the world like outside of majors that's my favourite tournament because it's just man you're going from shots from Kingsbarns to the old course to Carnoustie um, and you know September, October weather is underrated up in Scotland. Uh, you can catch some really, really good weather. Very now, obviously, cool. Scotland can always be shite, and no matter what the weather is, we know Matt Wade would be complaining about it because <laughs> he play Link's golf. But very but, true. Uh, we always correct. get a little, a little kind of late Indian summer, late September, early October. It's those 10, 11, 12 degree sunny days, nice sunsets at 5, 6 o'clock. It's beautiful. The Dunhill is my favourite tournament to go to because I can drag my wife to it. Last time we went, I followed Rory for nine holes. She followed Justin Timberlake. So it all worked out pretty well. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised, Pete, you might end up getting a call up soon uh, to play in the celebrity element of it with your no- notoriety in the world. Man, I'm solid Z-list celebrity over here in uh, the UK. Not after <laughs> this podcast. In tiny corner of Wickham. <laughs> That's why I'm doing this podcast. I want to move up to Y celebrity. Y list. There you go. <laughs> You're going to oh, be the wrong way on this podcast. Of people send Y after this podcast, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, listen, oh, that's, that's probably more than enough, lads. Um, I've nothing else on the agenda, but Thanks, thanks all for taking the time to come on. Thanks for rushing home, Pete. Um, guys, yeah, no, nah, absolutely brilliant. Uh, I was going to talk about next year's majors and all that, but you know, we'll do that next time. We've got loads of shit here, um, so we'll come back next time, probably in early January, and talk about the next year's majors. Uh, but no, that was a lot of fun. It was. Uh, oh, but Pete, actually, before we go, give us another five minutes, right? 
We've not done a flock five in ages. Off the top of your head, right, we're putting you on the spot here. Let's do a very quick flock five. Your five favourite golf courses. Old course, North Berwick, Dornick, Cruden Bay, Turnbury, all tied for number one. Easy. That was brilliant and easy. Um, this year I've been lucky enough to tick off a lot of Scottish courses for the first time. Cruden Bay, the most surprising, biggest blowaway absolutely unbelievable did not see it coming just hit me right in the fields every hole it's like three different golf courses all put into one it's a big dramatic dunescape of a golf course it's a short quirky north berwick-esque golf course and then it's a beautiful kind of long languishing links golf course all just tied into one blind par threes scenic holes huge rises big drops big green complexes wild bunkering it's fucking perfect so cruden bay yes. uh, is way up there with me and no argument cruden, the other four either cruden now aberdeen way it is indeed. It's just about an hour north of Aberdeen. So uh, we went up, a couple of us, me and Russ, shout out Russ, went up uh, in June. Old man Russ. And, oh, the, the the man himself, Russ, the, the Tesla driving. Uh, I was going to I was going to call him loads of things there, but we'll leave that to the side. But we went up and we played Royal Aberdeen. We played uh, Trump Aberdeen. We played Cruden Bay. And then we played the Cullen Gents Open the morning after that, which was a lot of fun as well. If you got up That's the one I want to hit more than anything, Cullen. Wacky as shit. We went. Yeah. We were we're tired. We played three rounds in just over a day. We had two kind of decent nights out. A few long drives. We were tired. It was a Saturday morning. We'd spoke about actually just hitting the road and driving home and skipping Cullen. And then uh, we said, "We'll go. We'll play nine. We'll see what happens. You know, fuck it. Nothing to lose." And we played two holes. And all of a sudden, we just thought, "Fuck, we're hooked." And it, it's just wild. It's it's a par sixty three. So it was the first time I'd broken in about four weeks as well, which was really nice uh, at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but it's got more blind par threes than I've ever seen. It's got more par three and a halves. I would call them all a lot of two twenty and two forty yard par threes, but also a lot of one hundred and ten and one hundred and twenty yard par threes. So it's very much par does not matter. It's par two and a halves, threes, three and a halves, and there's a couple of par fours, and then one like little par five sneaks into the back nine as well. But it's insane. It's four hours from Glasgow, so it's about kind of 20 hours from, from where you guys are just now. But if you're ever up in Aberdeen and stuff, it's only an extra hour, hour and a half from there. Uh, and I would kind of recommend like going out of your way, especially if you're doing a golf trip and you're going up towards Castle Stewart, you're going up towards Barora uh, or Dornock. It's kind of right in between Aberdeen and Inverness. So if you're stopping along the way there, I, Cullen's so much fun. There's obviously a No Lane Up video on it as well where you can get a, an idea of it, but it is genuinely even wackier in person. I need to go up to uh, up that way. I need to go up to uh, Aberdeen and speak to some of the guys up there, Trump and Royal Aberdeen. And many very hospitable and very uh, good company up there. Uh, Calvin. Of members. Did you play with Calvin? I played with Calvin. Calvin's a nutcase. Uh, very, very good company. Good guy. Me, Calvin, Richard Kidd as well. Shout out. He's a member at Royal Aberdeen. And Russ, uh, we went out for dinner. Uh, a BYOB Italian uh, in the middle of Aberdeen, which was a shithole, but let us take our own drinks and we had a great night of it. A um, couple of bottles of wine. Russ cracked open a 140 quid bottle of wine that he'd had in the house for 10 years uh, to mark the occasion. Um, we were already half cut by the time he opened it, so we didn't appreciate a bit of it, but it was nice nonetheless to be there. Uh, but no, we had a great time. So yeah, uh, hit those guys up. Uh, RIP your inboxes, guys. I do apologise, but uh, it's well worth a trip. I think um, that opens the door for me to sort of share one unpopular opinion. And of course, I didn't love Karn. I, I mean, it was, it, it's, it's mental. It's, it's absolutely mental. 
and it was possibly the con the context is important because it was course number six in three days or something um and Wait, hang on, Aaron, inside, Aaron, but, Aaron. quick rewind on that sorry i meant to bring this up first things first first round of your trip to ireland what happened we talked about that when you were feeding rice cakes to your grandchild ah well thank you my grandchild <laughs> Crying child. Crying child. Crying child. Okay, my apologies. Um, Congratulations in the hole in one. Back to the current story. Thanks, man. Um, Yeah, um, I I can see, I can see kind of what's going on, but it's so, I I think, like, uh, on the other side of the scale, we played Port Marnock the day before, and that went straight in, like, second in my list of courses I've ever played. It's outstanding. It's so well conditioned. It's just, it's just a proper mature golf course, and, Karn's kind of not trying to be that, but I guess maybe it's because I prefer one to the other. But Karn was just, and, and because it was so, the weather was so mental, it's very dramatic. It's very sort of all over the place. We started on the, the new nine, um, and it was, yeah, that, that's the, it's mental, but it's not, it's not like keep a score golf. It's just like adventure golf, really. Um, and I, I didn't love it for that. But then obviously, conversely, uh, Harry. Um, Bradshaw hosted us at Port Marnock which was really nice of him and we had such a nice day um, after we had played County Louth in the morning but Port Marnock is just uh, just on another level so beautiful Complaints uh, his way if uh, you feel very strongly either way about Carn, but uh, is it gimmicked? Is it gimmicky? It's not gimmicky because it's natural they haven't tried to make it's anything It's just wild right? Yeah, yeah exactly yeah, it's, it's wild it's um it's on it's sort of untamed and uncultivated and and it's yeah it's crazy but it's not gimmicky because they haven't whereas you could see the gimmick idea at St Patrick's I thought like there's a lot of stuff that's been forced in there to make it really sort of quirky and um like borderline unfair from a golf perspective at the minute because it hasn't grown in but Carn was just just wild yeah Carn in the middle of absolutely and- nowhere as well so you like you've got to drive to the end of the world to. I, if I grew up in Ireland, like it's all right. <laughs> it's we're, we're kind of used to. I I left, but right, so I absolutely pissed down, and I like I couldn't play anymore. So I I left when the boys went on to play. I don't know if they went twenty seven or eighteen, but um, I didn't finish, and I came in and got changed, and uh, I left my shoes there, and I left my watch there, and like the people there are so nice. The hospitality is outstanding. Um, it's a lovely, lovely place, but um, yeah, it just wasn't wasn't kind of what I hoped it would be golf life Speaking of untamed and uncultivated Pete thank you very much for joining us today for coming on that was fascinating we'll have you on again sometime Aaron thank you as always for pushing us to bother our arses doing the recording Matt you always turn up for these um, I don't I don't even we even asked on this one you just like coming on and doing uh, your appearances I, yeah, begging well, for money well, that's it. I think it is just the, the begging for money. It's that insert the Bernie Sanders uh, gif, isn't it? It was just like, now I'm asking you for more. I'm once again asking you for more money. Um, but yeah, I just get a message from Aaron going, we're recording this night, you're free. And it's just like, well, my calendar's empty. So uh, so yeah, absolutely. I'll, yeah, I'll come on and... And in all seriousness, if you've signed up for sit the here and not say a lot. If you've signed up for the Cock in the North next month, it's in seven weeks. If you've not paid it yet, just fucking pay it. Um, but other than that, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, we'll do this again sometime, hopefully soon. Uh, maybe after the Cock of the North, we can round everything up. Aaron's got one more point before we wear that. Yes. Um, Gav, obviously, we, we talked about going up next week. Um, the Six Over Power podcast, which obviously comes out monthly, we're going to do like a little one each night um, after 
the competition that we're doing next week. So there'll be a few installments of that next next month if everything goes okay. Because I know these monthly episodes aren't enough for all of you. You're you're wanting to hear more complete shite talk from people who are average at golf. Well, we're going to give you that. So uh, just keep your eyes open on the Six Over Power channel to to supplement what we've talked about today. What I do underestimate with these podcasts and the Six Over Par podcasts from feedback from other people is how much dead time people have traveling back and forward to things and how much, how what depths of shit they will listen to to fill that dead time, um, namely this podcast. So if this has got you through a commute, got you through a chain journey, a car journey somewhere, or just a boring hour at the driving range or something, thank you very much for choosing for some reason, this podcast to listen to. And hopefully, we'll talk to you all again very soon. Bye-bye. Cheerio. that shite button.